the end times per se. I'm going to talk about something else, but I'm going to use this, these verses to get into what we want to talk about. There'll be signs in the sun, in the moon, the stars, and on earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Uh, and, you know, you've heard about the blood moons. How many have heard about those blood moons and, you know, all of that? And, and there's certainly, I think, some truth to, to that, certainly without question. And, and much attention should be given to, to, to that. But e- even more so to the uh, what the Bible says about, uh, you know, earthquakes in diverse places and uh, knowledge being increased in the end days and all of that. And, and you see the spirit of Antichrist is, 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 is at work, certainly. With the, the terrorism and ISIS and all of that and blowing up planes. And, and, and you know, the, the earth is a dangerous place to live in. You know that. You understand that. And uh, so all these things going on, seas, uh, waves roaring, all of that. And notice verse 26. Men's hearts failing them from what? Fear. From fear. At the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Titling this message today, Fear Not. You know, with all the distressful things that are going on, we're not supposed to be afraid. Now, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if He's not the Lord of your life, you need to be afraid. But if He is the Lord of your life, and you're serving Him, you don't need to be afraid. You need to understand that. But you see, fear is something we all deal with. Has anybody ever had to deal with fear besides me? And there's all kinds of fear. There's, you know, there's some people are afraid of the dark. Some people are afraid of flying. Uh, some people uh, are afraid of snakes. You know, some people are afraid to leave their house. You know, some people are afraid of taking a test. You know, there's all kinds of fears. Um, it is interesting, I, I, I'll just throw this in, uh, you know, talk about, uh, like, like, ant, like, we'll talk about snakes. Uh, how many is afraid of snakes besides me? I, I, I don't like snakes. Uh, you bring a snake in here, I'm going to get a garden hoe and have my wife kill it. I, I'm telling you, <laughs> uh, but how many remembers a crocodile hunter? You know, unfortunately, he, he, he died an untimely death. But his children, I, I, know, I don't know how many children he has, but I know there was a daughter, I believe, that he had. You know, she'd just go in there and she'd, she'd pick those snakes up and throw them around. And she wasn't afraid of them, was she? Because she was, she was trained to not be afraid of those things. See, but I, on the other hand, I was, I was, tra- <laughs> I was trained, you see a snake, you, you know, you just you run and you... So a lot of a lot of fears that we have, if you if you really think about it, go back into our the way we were, were brought up and the way we were trained, and uh, you know, like fear of flying. I I don't I don't care to fly. Well, I like flying. I just don't like the other things that could happen if something goes wrong with the plane. You understand what I'm saying? I enjoy flying. It's just you get all those thoughts going through your head about all these things that could happen. And uh, but but children that are brought up flying, you know, and they're Parents fly and they fly and they've been flying since they've been little kids. They, they don't think anything of it. Is that right? So, so a lot of fears that we have a lot of times go, goes back to the way we're brought up and uh, the things we were taught. So we all have to deal with fear on some level at some time 
And anybody that says they've never had to deal with it, well, then they're better than the Apostle Paul. (laughs) Because the Apostle Paul, he had to deal with fear, didn't he? And you see, the disciples will see that today as we get into the Word of God, they, they had to deal with fear. Peter and James and John, they all had to deal with fear. And so it's something that is relevant to all of us. The Bible says again and again and again and again and again to fear not. Again and again. Now somebody said someplace, they said that the Bible says 365 times uh, not to fear. That'd be one for every day of the year. Now as I've looked into that, I, I, I don't find that the Bible says that exactly 365 times. But I tell you what, when God says something once, that should be enough. So I don't know if the Bible says fear not 365 times, but it does. The Bible says fear not again and again and again and again and again. God doesn't want us to be afraid. I think about one preacher. I heard him recently make this statement. His uh, one of his family members was diagnosed with a a terminal illness. And, uh, you know, when that news came to him. You know, it's just, he said it just shook him. And he said this, and this is, this is something worth remembering. He, he, he said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I do know what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to fear. Think about that. He said, I don't know what I'm going to do just yet. He said, but I do know this, I'm not going to fear. And then he used the word of God on the situation and he turned that death sentence around and his family member was healed by the power of God and is is alive and doing well today. Isn't that wonderful? But you see, if he would have, and, and I'll say this and I'll say it again as we go. There's one thing to feeling fear and then there's another thing to reacting to the spirit of fear. I think anybody that says, well, I never get afraid, I've never felt fear, they're just, they're not telling you the truth. We've all felt fear. But what God doesn't want us to do is to react to that fear. Because you see, if you react based on that fear, you're going to be opening the door up to the devil. And you see, faith activates God, fear activates the devil. You need to remember that. And when you react to fear, you open the door to all kinds of horrible, heinous things. Now, it's easier said than done, this message I'm preaching to you today. But yet we need to, we need to fear not. Real loud, say fear not. We need to fear not. Now, as I've looked into the Bible, there's only one place where the Bible tells us we're supposed to be afraid. Only one. Luke 12, 5. Notice this. Luke 12, 5. Jesus speaking. And he says, but I'll show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. He's talking about God the Father here. You know, God the Father, Almighty God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know, the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the precious Holy Spirit. He's the only one we're supposed to fear. And we're supposed to fear God. Now, as you study that out, God doesn't want us to be afraid of him like, you know, just shaking in our boots like he's going to beat us over the head. That's not the kind of fear that we're supposed to have of God. We're supposed to have a reverential fear of the Lord. But yet, too, having said that, I'll just tell you this. 
there's, there, there, I, I fear the Lord. And, and that's healthy. And this nation could use the fear of the Lord. Because so much of this nation, don't fear, they do not fear God anymore. Much of, many of the churches in this nation could use a good dose of the fear of the Lord. Did you hear what I just said? And then churches that have become entertainment centers would be turned back into churches. Did you get what I just said? But other than fearing God, there's nothing else we're supposed to fear. God wants us to get to the place where we have fear. We, we, we don't have any fear of man or beast. Did you hear what I just said? That's, that's where we're, we're supposed to get to. And we'll show you how to do that before this message is over. Now notice here in Hebrews, the second chapter in the 14th verse, we're going to see here that God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, has set us free from fear. You need to realize that as far as God's concerned, we've been set free from fear. Notice in Hebrews 2.14, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, that's Jesus, likewise shared in the same. See, he became a human being, 100% God, yet 100% man. He became like you and me, that through death, he, Jesus, might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. And notice this, release those, release, see, release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And, and, and actually, when, when you, you study the subject of fear and you look at it, the root of all of it, basically, whatever fear it is, ultimately goes back to this one thing, fear of death, fear of death. So why, does, so why don't you want to fly in the plane? Well, ultimately, what would be the tragic result of that? That you would die. And, 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 and every fear can be traced back to, ultimately, to the fear of death. And Jesus released us through that fear. And so if we've been released from the fear of death, we've been released from fear completely. Can you say amen? And you see, if you're born again, if you know Jesus as your, your Savior, you've made him the Lord of your life, you don't have to be afraid of death. Because all that, when, when, you say, well, what's going to happen when, when I die? If you're a Christian and you know Jesus, it's going to be no different than taking off your, your, your coat. Did you get what I just said? He's tasted death for us. He's, he, uh, when you die physically, it's going to just, it'd be no different than taking your coat off. Your spirit will step outside your body. Your body will fall down. Just like your jacket would if your coat, coat would if you took it off. And the angels will be there. And they'll escort you into heaven. Uh, there's nothing to be afraid of, is there? Is there? Absolutely not. Now, if you don't know Jesus, you need to be afraid. Because your spirit will come out of your body. And the Bible's clear, you'll descend into hell. And that's a place of torment. But you see, God doesn't want... He's not willing that any should perish. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. That's why He sent Jesus to the cross. And that's why I raised him from the dead. You make Jesus the Lord of your life just that quick. You can change your eternal destiny from hell to heaven. And you don't have to be afraid of death or anything else. You don't need to be afraid of man or beast. Isn't that wonderful? Because he's released. Realize, say released. He's released us from this fear. Glory to God. Now you need to realize that fear produces, we'll see in a scripture at the end of the message, it, it produces torment. Has anybody besides me ever been tormented by fear? 
It's a horrible, it's a horrible thing, dear friends, isn't it? It'll keep you awake in the midnight hour. Fear, fear this, fear that, fear the other. And it'll put you in bondage. It'll, it, it can paralyze you to the point that you can't even function in life. That's what the devil wants. He wants, he wants to paralyze you so that you can't function in life. See, when you're at that place, the devil has you right where he wants you. That's what a spirit of fear will do to you. Do you ever notice? Look at Matthew 25, verse 25. Matthew 25, verse 25. Jesus talking about the talents. And one fellow was given, I think it was five talents and one, two. And then the one was given one talent. And then he came back in the process of time to settle the accounts. And the one that had five made five more. And well done, good and faithful servant. And then the one that had two had made two more. Well done, good and faithful servant. But then the one that had one talent didn't do anything with it. And we'll see why. Notice in verse 25, he says this, Matthew 25, 25. He says, I was what? I was what? I was afraid. And notice when you're afraid, what happens? I went and, and, and hid your talent in the ground. That's what, ha- that's what fear does. It causes you to hide, to cower. People can get so afraid they won't leave their house. They'll stay in one room of their house. Anybody ever heard of that? There's all kinds of... The people hoarders. Anybody ever see the hoarders on television? You get right down to it. What's the reason? You get right down to it. They're afraid to give something away or throw something away. That's really when you get right down to it. Fear's driving that. Fear is a horrible thing, dear friends. I said it's a horrible thing. Remember right after Adam sinned? Adam and Eve sinned and, and God was looking for them in the garden? And remember that they ran and they hid themselves. And, 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 and let me just throw this in for good measure. A lot of times, and we've seen this in the church setting over the many years, where uh, there have been well-qualified people like to be on the worship team, and uh, they sit there for years and years, and, and they don't volunteer, and yet they're, God's talented them, given them many talents, but yet they won't volunteer for the worship team. And when you ask them, you know, why, why they won't or why they didn't, you know what so many of them will say? I was afraid I wasn't good enough see fear it 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 it, it'll bind you up is that right it'll bind you up i I know in sports uh one reason that well well i'll just 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 say it this way uh i was always afraid to enter golf tournaments because i was afraid i would lose See, fear keeps you from, right? And then I've been in some situations where I I was right on, I did get in some golf tournaments. And and this is something that most people don't think about. But I, I was in a position to win. And you know there's a fear of losing, but you know what else there's a fear of? There's a fear of winning. 
You, anybody ever heard of Jack Nicklaus, the great golfer? And he'll tell you what one of the reasons that he was as good as he was is he said that he was not afraid to win. And I remember that, that in one of those big golf tournaments some years back where he, was, he wasn't playing. He was the captain. And his, the, the United States team that he was captaining was losing. And he called them all in and he chewed them out. And he said, you know what your problem is? He was talking to the group of them. He said, you're afraid to win. Fear, fear will keep you from winning. Fear, fear will keep you out of the tournament to start with. Well, what if I mess up? What if I goof up? And then once you get in the tournament, you know, you can be afraid to win. Afraid to, afraid to succeed. Fear is all over the place, isn't it? It really, really is. It really, really is. Um, notice Second Timothy one seven. Second Timothy one seven. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's good to know, isn't it? But of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, that's what God's given us, the spirit of power, the precious Holy Spirit and love and of a sound mind. He's not given us a spirit of fear. You really need to realize that there is a spirit of fear. It's demonic. It's horrible. It'll torment you in the midnight hour. It really, really will. Let me, let me put it to you this way. This spirit of fear is... is it's, it's, it's like a dog. Have any of you ever come up on a dog somewhere walking in a subdivision or wh- wherever it may be? You've come up on a dog, you know, and, and, and you stop and it stops. I'm talking about how a spirit of fear is like a dog. And you stop and it stops. And now it's looking at you and you're looking at it. And it's looking at you and you're looking at it. And it's looking at you and you're looking at it. And then have any of you ever done what I've done is you, you move back a little bit. And when you move back a little bit, what does that dog do? It, it comes for you, right? And then if you've been like me on some occasions, I'll turn and and what what happens when you turn and run that dog? It'll come after you, won't it? That's exactly what a, you run from a spirit of fear. It'll run you down like that dog. Did you hear what I just said? And so now my wife and I, we go walking through the subdivision sometimes and man of faith and power, you see. And I'll be walking along and there's some little chihuahua. And I'll, and I'll run and get behind my wife, you know. See, I have not yet arrived, but I'm working on it. How about you? But have you ever run, anybody ever run from a dog besides me and they chase you? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember some years ago there was this dog that we had a, had a, had a road, live right back behind the church here, back not in the subdivision, but back behind that subdivision. We had to come down a road to get to our mailbox, and uh, we'd be w- walk down the road, and there was this subdivision house. The people moved in. They had a dog. It wasn't as big as a collie. It was a little smaller, but the name of the dog was Rusty. Remember the dog. And whenever you'd walk down the road to get your mail, he'd come out. And he, I mean, he'd just get right up and he was, he'd growl, he'd growl. I mean, just scared, you know, and then I'd stop with him and I'd go through that. And then I'd, I ran from that dog more than once. 
And, and, and after months and months of this, I got tired of it. And so I went and got the shovel. And I went down looking for the dog. Now, I've been running from this dog for months. I was afraid to go get the mail walking on my own road because of this dog. And so I went and got the shovel and I walked down the subdivision and I said, it's, 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 it's over. Either, either, either it's going to be him or me, one or the other. And so I walked down the road looking for the dog. And sure enough, out came the dog. And he got right up to me and went, went and then I raised the shovel and he went, row, row. <laughs> kind of like Scooby-Doo, row, row. And I said, just, just come on. Just, just, I was, I was, I was prepared. I was prepared to go to prison, but it was over. <laughs> and so we got into one of those couple of things and then I sent him a warning shot. I just whapped right down side of him. He, whoop, 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 and he backed off. And you know what? That dog never bothered me again. You stand up to a spirit of fear in the name of the Lord Jesus and you face it down. It won't bother you near as much. Just like that dog never bothered me again. There was one other person that that dog, he used to come at everybody. But the neighbor came down there one day and he had his big uh, work boots on. And the dog came up to him and... <laughs> I mean, he just kicked the dog right in the mouth, just flipped him back over. And the dog got up, shook himself off. That dog never bothered that neighbor of mine because he kicked him right in the mouth. That's what we need to do with the spirit of fear. Stand up to it. I remember in the, in the third grade, there was a bully. How many ever had a playground bully in your life, in your past? Well, mine, his name was Alfred. I remember the bully's name, Alfred. I, I remember his last name, but I won't call it. Alfred. And uh, he would just terrorize people on the playground, and, and, and he was terrorizing me. And one day I just got tired of it. And uh, I remember he came at me, and all I can remember is I kicked his legs out from under him. And he got up, and I did it again, and he got up a third time, and I did it again, and he never bothered me after that. That's all I remember. So I stood up to him. You know, now I'm not advocating you, you get in fights, but I tell you what, bullies, uh, you, you're going to have to stand up to them. And the devil is the biggest bully you're ever going to run into. But you need to stand up to him. And you need to realize this, that if you know who you are in Christ, see, see, the devil's far more afraid of you than you ever need to be afraid of him. But if you don't know who you are in Christ, he'll bully you. He'll play games with you. He'll get you to where you're, you're locked in your house, shaking like a leaf and can't hardly operate. That's what the devil, that's his will for you. But if you'll just rise up in the name of Jesus and stand against it, it's easier said than done. But, but, but if you'll rise up just like I did with that dog and that bully, just rise up and stand up against it. Resist the devil. If you'll submit yourselves to God, what does the Bible say? Resist the devil and he will what? He'll flee, and you study that word flee, as in terror. He'll flee from you. I tell you what, I've watched the devil lock me up and lock other people up, and I, I have no use for the devil. Let's stand up in our authority in Christ, and let's face him down in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus has already dethroned him. He's already, if you study that, remember where the Bible says that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly. You study into that, he dethroned the devil. One guy said it this way, he pulled the devil's teeth. Glory to God. A, a lion, see, roars. 
Right? But a lion also has teeth. But if the lion's teeth have been pulled, then all he's got is a roar. And you see, that's all the devil really has is a roar. He's had his teeth extracted by the Lord Jesus Christ when Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood, raised from the dead. And now the devil, he's just roaring. Glory to God. We don't have to. He's had his teeth pulled. Can you say amen? So let's stand up to him in the armor of God, the name of Jesus. And let's let's put him. Let's put the devil on the run for a change. What do you say? I like what one guy said. He said, when the devil starts reminding me of my past, he said, I just start talking to him about his future. The devil's going in the bottomless pit and then the lake of fire. And you start talking to the devil about his future, he'll, he'll, he'll leave you alone more and more and more. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Now, something you need to realize is that God, though he's not given us a spirit of fear, he has not exempted us from fearful situations. As I said earlier, this world is a dangerous place in which to live. But notice... What he does for us in the midst of fearful situations. Look at Isaiah 43 verse 1. Are you getting anything out of this today? Isaiah 43 verse 1. God's not exempted us from fearful situations. It would be wonderful if if he has. But as long as we're in the earth here, we've not been exempted from fearful situations. But notice this. Isaiah 43 verse 1. But now... Thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. And, of course, we understand that in Christ we are spiritual Israel. So he's talking to us. What does he say? He says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. You see, there's the thing. Underline that if you if, or, or note that somehow. See, God has not exempted us from fearful situations, but in the midst of the fearful situation, he has promised to be with us. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. And when he's there with you, we don't have to be afraid. He said, I'll be with you. Notice through the through 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 the uh, through the waters. I'll be with you through the rivers. They'll not overflow you when you walk through the what? Through the fire, you shall not be burned. Why? Because he's there with you. Remember why the Hebrew children, remember why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember why they didn't burn in the the fiery furnace? Because Jesus, the Son of God, was there with them. Is that right? But something else you need to realize, too. When they were before the king, they refused to bow. Bow. They stood up to the devil, didn't they? And as a result of that, in Jesus being there with them, they didn't burn. We need to realize we need to stand up to the devil. We need to stand up to him in the name of Jesus. And realize that Jesus will be right there with us. We'll pass through the waters. They'll not overflow us. The devil won't be able to flood us out. When we go through the fire, he'll not be able to burn us out. Nor shall the flame scorch you. In other words, another rendering of that is you won't even smell a smoke. Is that wonderful? Why? For I'm the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, who will never leave you nor forsake you. Glory to God. And, and look at this. Here's another one. Psalm 23, 4. We've all hear the 23rd Psalm. Most of us could quote it. But let's just look at the fourth verse. Notice again, God has not exempted us from fearful situations. 
He's, notice this, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. See, when we know the Lord's with us, we don't have to be afraid. Is that right? Again, I want to say this to you. That when we get into a fearful situation, when you get into a fearful situation, remember that God's with you. He'll deliver you. And again, there's nothing wrong with feeling fear. You haven't, you're not sinning to feel afraid. But where we get into trouble is when we react based on fear. When we make our decisions based on fear. That's where the problem comes in. Okay, now I want to to close this message. I want to give you two examples of people that got into fearful situations and Jesus was right there with both of them. Did you know that you can have Jesus right there with you and still yield to a spirit of fear? Oh, pastor, that's not possible. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. You can have Jesus right there with you and still yield to a spirit of fear. We're going to look at one person who had Jesus right there with him, yielded to a spirit of fear, and another person with Jesus right there with him didn't yield to a spirit of fear. Look at Matthew 14, verse 22. Let's look at this. Matthew 14, 22. Let's look at the person first that yielded to a spirit of fear with Jesus right there with him. Matthew 14, 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves. The wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Now, think about this. The disciples are out in the storm. Many of them trained fishermen. Experienced fishermen, but they're in a storm. Now, that's a fearful situation, isn't it? And now they're going to see something they've never seen before. They see somebody come, come walking on the water. Now, now, that'll get your attention, won't it? I mean, that'd get my attention on a calm day. But we're not on a calm day here. It, it, the wind's blowing. It's a storm, a fierce storm. So they're afraid because of the storm. And now they see this person walking on the water who is Jesus. And verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it's a ghost. And they cried out for what? Were they afraid? Yeah. But notice this, immediately, Jesus said to them, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. That's Jesus' response to any, that's his immediate response to anybody that's in fear. What, what will he say to them? Uh, don't be afraid. That's what he says. I wonder what Jesus would say to me in the midst of this situation. I just got this horrible doctor's report. I just got, I just got this bad news. I get just, 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 what, would, what would Jesus say to you? He would say, do not be afraid. Or he'd say, fear not. That's what he'd say. Guaranteed fact. Guaranteed fact. That's what he said again and again. That's what Jesus said again and again. That's what he said here. Be of good cheer. Is I. Do not be afraid. Yeah, but wait a minute. There's a storm going on. We we, we ought to be afraid. Well, what did Jesus say? Do not be afraid. Now, why don't they have to be afraid? Because Jesus is now there. And really what he's telling them is don't yield to a spirit of fear. 
Verse 28, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said to him, come. And when Peter came down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. That's pretty good, isn't it? I've never walked on the water. Have you? But now, now notice this. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Jesus is right there with him. Is that right? Is he yielding to a spirit of fear with Jesus standing right there with him? Yeah. And notice when you get into fear, you're going to begin to what? Sink. Have you ever seen anybody begin to sink? You got to think about that a little bit. I've never seen anybody begin to sink. I just see them go down like that. You got to think about it. Sometimes we read the Bible too quick and it, I mean, he started to go down and beginning to sink. I just, I mean, if he, if he would have sank, sank, like, have you ever stepped out on the swimming pool? What happens? Do you, do you walk a little bit? Do you sink just a little bit? You go all the way down, don't you? If, see, if he'd have went all the way down, Jesus wouldn't have been able to reach out and grab his hand. I mean, he, he'd be starting to sink. Going down little by little. See, he was walking on the water. But I believe that as that I believe as that spirit of fear began to take him over, he began to sink. Let's don't let a spirit of fear get us. Let's don't sink. He was afraid. He began to sink. And notice he cried out and said, Lord, save me. That's a real good thing to do. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. Isn't Jesus wonderful? And said to him, oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? Now, notice now Jesus starts talking to him about little faith and doubt. Don't ever forget this. And if you're taking notes, write this down. Faith will produce confidence and boldness, holy boldness. But doubt will always produce fear. And I'll tell you this. When you find somebody, and this goes for me and anybody, if you find somebody that's in fear, the root of that fear is doubt. Somewhere they've doubted, they've got, they've doubted God in some, in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Faith will produce confidence and holy boldness, but doubt will always produce fear. Show me a person that's in fear, and I'll show you a person that at the root of that fear is doubt. They haven't believed God. Do you get what I just said? And so he was afraid, and he began to sink. He cries out to Jesus. Jesus saves him. But here's what you need to realize. In the midst of a fearful situation, even with Jesus standing right there, Peter yielded to the spirit of fear. You need to realize that just because Jesus is standing there right with you, and actually, he's not just there side of us, he's in us by the Holy Spirit. Is that right? But even with with, with all of that, it's still possible to yield to a spirit of fear. And let's, let's don't yield to it. Let's stand up to the devil. Let's resist the devil and have him flee. Can you say amen? Now let's look at one other and then then I'll close this up. Look at Mark, the fifth chapter, verse 21. Now this person had every reason to be afraid. And Jesus standing right there with him. And let's let's see what happened. This is Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. Notice Mark 5, 21. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. He falls at Jesus' feet. And begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Now, is this a fearful situation? 
12-year-old daughter laying at the point of death. He says to Jesus, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, let's skip to verse 35 because those next verses he's dealing with the woman with the issue of blood. But let's pick up in verse 35. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Now, is that bad news? Did you know the, the, the book of Psalms talks about, you don't have to turn there, but you ought to look it up sometime. Psalm 112 talks about fearing bad news. That's something I have to deal with in my life. I've been serving God all these years and I still have to deal with this. There's a, it's just like a fear of bad news. You know why that is? When I was, my mother, great mother, but, but her, my mother was worried and fearful about many things. And her mother before her was worse, my grandmother. And even now yet, when the phone rings right away, if I'm not watchful out, you ask my wife, it must be bad news. You know, we can fear bad news. You see, the devil still toys with me with that. Is it okay if I'm just honest with you? But you never know. It could be somebody calling on the phone saying that I've, I've, with good news. Is that right? Why does it always have to be bad? Uh, this world is, this, the way that since Adam sinned, this world is going in a negative direction. And it's, if you don't stand up to that negativity and stand up to it, you'll go right along with the flow of the world. Did you understand? Did you get that? So we, it, it, we have to stand up against these. It's a fight of faith, isn't it? Fear of bad news. Your daughter's dead. That's some bad news, isn't it? Is that bad news? Why trouble the teacher any further? Wonder what Jesus would say in that situation. Well, let's see. Verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, what did he say? Do not be afraid, only believe. Maybe the creditors called you and said that they're coming to take your house away from you or that you have 30 days or they're going to take your house or they're going to take your car or whatever the case may be, the bad, bad health report, whatever it is. What do you think Jesus would tell you? He would say, do not be afraid. Only, only what? Only believe. See, we don't want to get into doubt. Let's, let's continue to stay in faith and believe God. And so in the midst of this fearful situation, right with Jesus standing right there with Jairus, Jesus says to him, don't be afraid. Don't yield to a spirit of fear. Now look at verse 37. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, and the the brother James. He came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Uh, the child was dead, but Jesus, you, you know, the perception of a thing is so important. Is it easier to wake somebody up from sleep or raise them from the dead? Not a trick question, guys. Okay, I'm gonna, are you all out there? Are you okay? I'm not just up here talking to myself, am I? Would you rather wake somebody up from a nap or would you rather go to the funeral parlor and raise them out of the casket? Now, which... Jesus is looking at this little girl as she's asleep. 
Uh, remember when the Israelites went in to spy out the promised land and they, they, the, the spies came back and brought the report? Two, two, two of them had a good report, Joshua and Caleb, but the rest of them said, we're like grasshoppers. Remember, remember that? And, and they found out later from Rahab that really the people there in Jericho, they were afraid of the Israelites, weren't they? They were afraid of the Israelites' God. Remember that? But the Israelites didn't know that. They thought that the people in the, in, in the promised land were going to, they were afraid of them. And come to find out, their enemy was more afraid of the Israelites. Did you just get that? Did you get what I said? A lot of times we get afraid of a situation and then we get to talking to somebody. And, and you find out that, that's, that those people were more afraid of you than you ever needed to be of them. How many remembers the giant? David and the giant? Remember? And you see, all the rest of the army of Israel, they weighed that giant. They weighed that giant against themselves. But David, when he got out there, he weighed that giant not against himself, but against God. And when you weigh something against God, that giant looks like a little little midget. Is that right? See, Jesus is looking at this situation. He's not seeing her as dead. He's seeing her as asleep. It's a whole lot easier to raise somebody from sleep than it is death. The perception of a thing. Very important. All right, let's finish this up. And notice here, in verse 40, they ridiculed him, but when he put them all outside, why do you think Jesus put all these people outside? Well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. What? Unbelief. Exactly right. Doubt and unbelief. Did you ever notice when you're afraid, if you get around somebody that's afraid, they'll make it worse? Huh? Is that right? But if you get around, how many of you, if, some, if, if you get bad news, it, it, would you rather have a positive person to be around or a negative? I don't have a positive. You get around somebody that, oh, oh my gosh, they just gave you that report. Well, you're a dead man. There's no, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, we need to start planning your funeral. You want to be around somebody like that or do you want to be around somebody? Well, I don't care what the doctor said. We'll respect his report. But 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 I'm going to let's believe the report of the Lord with long life. He'll satisfy you. Now, you want to be around somebody like that or. I'd rather be around positive people than negative. That's why Jesus had to put these people out. There's some people, God bless them, but you just have to stay away from them if you're going to get the victory. And just love them from a distance, but stay away from them. They'll pull you right down and you'll wind up dying young if you, get, if you stay around certain people. They'll talk you right out of your faith, right into doubt and belief, right into an early grave. Did you hear me? Anyway, he took the father and the mother child and those who were with him and entered where the child was laying. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumni, which is translated, little girl, I said to you, rise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. Can you say Amen. Now go to John, I've got to close this up. Go to John 4.18. I know this is helping you though. We all need to hear these messages from time to time. This fear is something we deal with every day. Or every week anyway. Frequently. Here's how you overcome fear. I wish I could just snap my finger and, 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 and have you, you know, just that quick take fear away from it. Something you've got to work on. Here's how you do it. 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Does anybody know who God is? God is love. You can look up at verse 16 and see that. God is what? God is what? 
God is love. Now look at verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Fear has torment. And we, we know that. We understand that. What will cast out fear? Perfect love. God. The love of God. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. So here's a, here's, this might be the most important verse we've shared today as I close this message. To overcome fear, you're going to have to develop yourself in what? In the love of God. And if you'll develop yourself in the love of God, you can get to a point where fear, when, it, when that spirit of fear presents itself, you just resist it and it flees from you. And, and that's where God wants you to live. So you need to develop yourself, and I need to develop myself in the love of God. Walk in love. Because when you're walking in love, then your faith will work. And then when you resist the spirit of fear, see, it'll flee from you. Did you get what I just said? So if, you want, if you're having trouble with fear in your life, develop yourself in the love of God. Okay? Now, uh, stand with me if you would. We're going to close by a good confession. The Bible talks about a good confession. Hebrew 13, Hebrews 13.6. They're going to put this on the screen. Hebrews 13.6. And we're going, to, we're going to say this several times. So we may boldly say. What are we going to boldly say? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now let's boldly say it again. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Isn't that good? That'd be a good confession to say that every day, wouldn't it? What can man do to me? What can the devil do to me? What can the dog at the end of the street do to me that's barking at me? Go get the shovel, right? Let's do it again. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. All right, one more time. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Did you get anything out of this today? Good. Brian, come and close up the service. Just remain standing. He'll just take a minute.